94.7 Kumu Kokua. Because Kumu cares. We got Devin. And Melanie. And uh, we are very happy to have here for Kumu Kokua. Special guest. Uh, yes, because mm-hmm. we have special guests from HSTA, uh, Corey Rosenley here. Uh, Corey, nice to talk to you this morning. Good morning. And uh, Corey's here because <laughs> school <laughs> is supposed to open uh, in two weeks, or yes. at least the kids are going back. The, the teachers go back next week, uh, and the kids are supposed to go back a uh, week following. Mm-hmm. And uh, HSTA just sort of said, mm, maybe not so fast. We don't really want to. Yeah. yeah. Could you uh, get into that a little bit? Mm-hmm. So to that first point, too, I just want to clarify, it's not just the teachers anymore. It's the principals. It's the custodians. Yes, HGA has joined you as well, right? Yeah, so HGA and UPW, our educational assistants, we're all saying we're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just, you know, Hawaii is actually the first major school district in the entire United States that's opening first. And in some ways, you know, it's the big experiment. And I can tell you, when you're dealing with people's children and you're dealing with people's lives, you want to make sure that you get everything right. And because we have to do everything from scratch in so many ways, you know, this is completely new. And we're saying, look, let's bring in our teachers. Let's get them trained, get them comfortable. We also want to see, I want to make sure on the first day we have enough teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, once we start getting everyone comfortable, processes are in place, then we do the step-by-step and then we bring in our kids slowly to make sure that, Everyone is ready. And then if at some point we have to go virtual, you know, because the expectation is that, unfortunately, kids will get sick, teachers will get sick. We're going to have to close schools that we can go virtual. Hmm. So currently, uh, the way things are being planned out, it's sort of a virtual face-to-face hybrid thing, correct? So across the – this is the interesting thing is you have – different models across the entire state. And one of the things you have to realize is you may have urban schools and you may have rural schools in Hawaii, you know, what may work in Lanai won't work at my school at Campbell, which is the largest school on the island. Mm -hmm. But some schools have a small enough population and enough teachers and rooms that they're going to be able to do physical distancing and they're going to be able to go face-to-face every single day. Some schools are doing a hybrid where there's going to be, you know, uh, some days will be at school, some days will be doing it virtually. And then some schools, they're planning on doing it all virtual, just bringing in some very vulnerable students to be able to do it. And that's part of the problem, too, is that there's not uniformity across the state, mm-hmm. um, which makes it difficult for some parents. We were hoping, at least by complex area, that it'd be similar. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that that's not the case? Some schools, the thing is this, is that when we first started off, some schools were planning on doing three feet between desks. And I can tell you that a lot of us are saying this is just not the way it's supposed to be because I want you to imagine from the perspective of everywhere else in our society, we're saying, you know, no more than 10 people, keep six feet, wear your mask. And then we turn around and say for our schools, no, let's be three feet. You don't have to wear masks. Put, put in a vulnerable adult, the teacher, into a confined area for seven hours a day. And for our teachers, they're going, why is it that for us, it's so different than the rest of society? We don't expect that of anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this is supposed to happen. And that's why there was a lot of, you know, um, concern mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. questions. Mm. Okay. Now, um, 
my uh, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, my, my wife is a teacher. Uh, she was talking to us, uh, talk, explaining to me kind of uh, the the hybrid thing is uh, there's it's called there's a face to face teaching, there's synchronous mm-hmm. and there's asynchronous, uh, which made my mind bogged down a little bit. So, do you mind sort of explaining what those three things are? I mean, obvious face to face is you know they're in in, in yeah. meeting with the teachers, but synchronous versus asynchronous. Could you kind of talk about that a little bit? So. For this, again, depending on the school, synchronous is that while the teacher is teaching their class face-to-face, they have their computer open, and they are supposed to teach the teach students that are not in class that day who are at home at the same time. Oh okay? For asynchronous, okay, the kids would be getting a homework assignment or a project that they're supposed to be doing on the days they're not in class. But I heard you say, oh, gosh, and you're right, because... <laughs> That's a massive undertaking. Our teachers are being given no more time at the beginning of the school year than they normally get. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, they have two days of their own to plan. And they have not been trained on this software. I mean, not all our teachers have been using digital platforms before. um, And they're expected to use this new digital platform to be able to redo all their lessons. I mean, how do you make sure that an eight-year-old at home is going to stay on task, you know, while you're trying to do face-to-face. I mean, what happens if you have to help someone, you know? It's such a huge new skill for our teachers. And all we're saying is, if you're expecting us to do all this, then please at least give us some time to be able to do it. Uh, once again, it's uh, Kumu Kuku here on 94.7 Kumu. We have uh, HST President Corey Rosenley here with us. Uh, he's kind of giving us a lowdown about what's happening as far as kids going back to school because it's going to happen in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my daughter's uh, entering ninth grade, so she has to, you know, go get all that information. My son is going to be in the sixth grade. So there's a big difference between the high school versus the elementary school level, correct, with regards to how classes are going to go? So that's another one of our, our big concerns, is that the elementary level, uh, parents, some parents have been trying to go to their administrators and say, you know, I don't feel comfortable yet sending my child to school. What is the distance learning option? And they've been told there is none, and that's not correct. And so all students are supposed to have the option that if they want to have a distance learning option, that it should be provided. Mm-hmm. And one of our concerns is, until we know how many students are going to be using a distance learning option, it makes it a little hard to plan at our schools. But we can't plan until parents have been informed and been able to make that decision. And so another reason why we're asking for more time is that that's got to be advertised, then the parents have to decide, and then we have to figure out how we're redistributing our teachers in order to accommodate that. And in a perfect world, what we hope for is is we anticipate somewhere between 30 to 40% of our teachers are in a high-risk category. It does not mean that all of them will choose to not teach, um, but we're hoping for those teachers that are given a option two of some sort of accommodation that doesn't put them in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Now, you said 35 to 40%. That's a really high percentage. Yes. When we pulled out the data, 30% of our teachers are over 50. And then... You throw in people with underlying health conditions, and we estimated that somewhere between, you know, up to maybe 10% of our teachers at least have underlying health conditions. So yeah. wow. that's why we're really concerned. Um, we also have, you know, 
as you were mentioning your own situation, we have um, teachers that have to watch their own kids. And in a hybrid model where the kids are at home, who's going to be watching them? And so under federal law, they have the option of taking leave. So if they take this leave, who's going to be teaching the kids? Mm -hmm. And this is another problem that we're facing is that we don't know how many substitutes are going to be willing to teach. I mean, a lot of our subs are retired teachers. So they're even older. older. Yeah. 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 And so the question is, is that, and again, part of what we've, we, we wanted to do is something called the cohort model where kids stay with the same group of kids all day. But we already know at the secondary level that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you take a sub, potentially, who was with 100 kids one day, moves to another classroom and has another 100 kids. And all of a sudden, we're not keeping cohorts together at all. We're exposing people, and that's another concern that we have. Well, you know... Uh, once again, uh, it's Kumu Kokua here on 94.7 Kumu. Uh, it's Devin and Melanie. We're speaking with HSC President Corey Rosenley about uh, the opening of schools. You know, I've been seeing a, the superintendent a lot on TV, and she seems to be saying that uh, everything is under control and we're doing okay, uh, which seems to be a different message from what we're hearing from you right now. Uh, is there a sort of, uh, I don't know, is there a conversation that needs to happen here? So... You know, about a month ago, we sat down with the department and we created something called an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding, where we went through all of these issues. And during that time, you know, we started off with the best intentions. But as things change, you learn things. Things change during that time. And the other thing that happens is, is sometimes we weren't getting answers to our questions. Now, what was really surprising yesterday is that even principals came out. This is something extremely rare in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the principals were saying, we are not ready. There's too many questions that we have. We have not gotten enough instruction from the DOE. And we are also saying we need to wait. So, you know, even though I may be the president of the teachers, I want to share that other unions, HGA, which represents the educational systems, and the principals and the office workers and UPW, who represents, you know, uh, the um, custodians, um, cafeteria workers, they are all saying that we're rushing this. And if we rush it and get it wrong, people are going to get sick. Uh, people could die. So that's why I want to make it clear. It's not just the teachers that are saying we're rushing it. It's all of us on the front lines that are saying we're rushing it. I think some parents are, are agreeing with you as well, uh, just because they're, they're asking questions about how does this happen? Uh, how, how does my kid go to school? What do I do? Uh, and I think, I think as, some- as cases rise, it's different, you know, in the situation in Hawaii from a couple of weeks ago versus now. Mm-hmm. And the closer you get to the, the opening day for schools, the more anxious people get because there are no really, as you mentioned, no clear cut responses as to how anything is going to be happening. I have a lot of friends who are teachers and just depending on which school they're working with, I've heard different things about what measures and precautions are going to be in place. Um, my cousin works at a, an elementary school and she said that they can't wear masks over their mouths because the kids have to be able to see how their mouth moves to learn different words. And so it's, it's just a lot of conflicting information for the general public in an already chaotic time. So I know a lot of parents are concerned. They want their kids back in school. And, um, you know, this is why we have school and this is why we have teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean... There's a reason for this, but I'm a parent myself. Um, you know, I deeply care about the health and safety of my daughter. 
Um, and I want to say that no one wants our schools to start more than our teachers. We, we miss our kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why we became teachers. Um, but I don't think any teacher would want the responsibility or guilt knowing that something that happened in a school made one of their kids sick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I, the, the argument I want to make about this is too is this. So all the parents that say, you know, we have to open up our schools immediately with this. If we don't get this right, all that's going to happen is, is that we open up our schools, children get sick, and then what happens is, is we have to close our schools again. And if we don't give our teachers time to do the preparation for distance learning, if we don't make sure that safety precautions are set up beforehand, then we, we end up going to virtual learning and it will not be a fulfilling experience mm. for the students or the teachers. So sometimes you have to do it slow to get it right. Yeah. And we're asking for the patience of our parents to support us in this endeavor so that we make sure that we try to do the best that we can. Now, with regards to the educational uh, timeline, uh, I know that kids are supposed to be in school a certain amount of days, correct? Is that, is that kind of the rule right now? Yes, yes. So the, the requirement under law is 180 days. Right. So how long, I, I hate to put you on the spot for this, but how long do you think it's going to take to find a way through this, to find a way to open safely for the schools? Because it doesn't look like our uh, our rates are going down of infection anytime soon. I mean, we're going to constantly kind of be in the double digits. Uh, but do you see a way through this? So this is sort of what I think needs to happen in this case. And this is what we've been advocating for. Mm. I know everyone wants a day and a time. And I think that this is the hardest part of what we're arguing is we can't give everyone until we know these basic questions. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're trying to advocate that everyone must wear a mask. We want to make sure that the Department of Health comes out with clear procedures of what happens if students get COVID on campus and what we do in classes and a statewide plan too as well. How many schools do we have to close before we say this is not working? And we haven't got any kind of instruction on that. We want to make sure that distance learning is offered to um, parents. You know, then we need to look at certain things that are going on campus. Do we have enough teachers? Do we have enough substitutes? Are substitutes trained to do virtual learning? Okay, and we have a whole bunch of questions that need to be answered. And the principals, the teachers, we all have these questions, and it's important that we answer these questions. And once we do, then we can say we feel comfortable about students coming on campus. But I think one of the things we all have to monitor is is that how many um, cases are we going up or are we going down? If cases are rising, why would we open up our schools? Mm-hmm. If we know the same problem is occurring across the entire country, and then if we see, for example, if we give ourselves some time and other school districts are opening and they're closing down quickly, then maybe this experiment will not work. But at least at this point, our teachers will be ready to do virtual and distance learning. And so that is something that we have to, you know, consider all these possibilities. Mm. At some point, we really do want to bring kids on campus, but... First, first things first, let's make sure that we do it right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, 94.7 Kumu, we're here at uh, Kumu Kokua. We're speaking with HSTA President Corey Rosenley uh, about the school system and, and opening and all of that stuff that's been coming along with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to thank you very much for uh, spending this time with us. Um, I'm trying to think of other questions. For me, I think also, you know, the public school system is different. We have special education, uh, which is 
a, a whole nother sort of ball of wax that you got to deal with. Uh, and some concerns with that because there are, I mean, these are non-traditional students, correct? Yeah, so if I can answer that, let me answer this part. We all recognize that we have some students that, you know, do not do well with uh, distance learning. And so we may have to find some sort of accommodations to deal with these students. And now what I've, what I've heard is some schools are doing virtual for all students, but bringing on uh, their special education and high-need students on campus. Now, the reason why this works is, is that because the fewer students on campus, you can do a cohort model. They're interacting with a lot less students. This can be more contained, and we make sure that their needs get met. Um, but I want to share that today, the Board of Education, they're also dealing with an issue on differential pay. So this is a program that was started last year in order to end the critical teacher shortage in certain areas. And it was specifically looking at harder staff areas. Think, you know, Molokai or Nanakuli and Waianae. It was in Hawaiian immersion and special education. Because those areas, we have always had a problem of getting teachers. So the institute program last year where uh, special education teachers would get a $10,000 increase in their pay if they became special education teachers. And it was 3000 to 8000 for harder staff and 8000 for Hawaiian immersion. And it worked. We just got the data this week. Uh, and nearly cut the shortage of the entire state by 25%. Wow. And in special education and part of staff, we had teachers that were staying in those areas. And the, the what we've heard from uh, our colleges is, is that they've had a lot more students going into these programs. UH nearly doubled their SPED program for undergrads. And this one brought tears to my eyes. Leeward Community College, they have a wait list now for people wanting to become special education teachers. Um, they it went up by 250% the amount of people going into special education. And so for years, these students have been denied, you know, the same access to quality education as every other child. We're finally solving this problem and making sure that they get teachers for the first time. And so what's happening today, the board is considering to, you know, pause this right now. And this is after teachers move into this position. So we're asking the board of education you know, even through these difficult times, that this is a program that worked really successfully that we need to continue. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they were going to dismantle or stop it already mm-hmm. when you're after putting it into place. That's that's yeah. not good. All right. Uh, once again, it's Kumu Kuku. We are here speaking with uh, HST President Corey Rosenley about the opening of schools. Now, um, there's so many questions that pop up in my mind. I'm sorry, they're swirling around, so I'm trying to make sure that I, I, I get questions that because we're getting questions from uh, uh, from listeners as well. So, uh, by the way, listeners, if you want to give us a call or if you want to uh, post something on Facebook, you can totally do that. Uh, we're at nine four seven five eight six eight. But Corey, are there more um, discussions planned with uh, the board of education, with the superintendent, and all that to try to work some of these stuff, these things out? So this is what we're asking for. Uh, the Board of Education is meeting today. I think there was something, I think somewhere between 3,500 and 4,000 pieces of testimony, which is unprecedented. It shows you the passion in this Did argument. Did you say 4,000? Yeah, nearly 4,000 pieces of testimony. That's how many people have submitted testimony on this one. So it would wow. be interesting to see how many people sign up to speak. But a lot of people are very concerned about this. And so... Um, you know, the Board of Education has some big decisions to make, and we hope that we hope that they will, you know, allow uh, the conversation, allow the differentials to continue. 
Uh, we've been hearing at the federal level, Republicans and Democrats both believe we need to give more money for education. And so we're really hoping that stimulus bill will come through and that will allow us to continue a great program that the pay differentials are. Mm. And then we hope that the conversation continues about opening our schools. I mean, all we're asking is to take it step by step, we don't rush it, we get it right. And so, you know, I think that if we allow that time to occur, I think we'll get things done. It's not going to make everyone happy. Um, unfortunately, in this situation, I'll tell you, even from teachers, we have teachers that passionately believe we need to open up right now, get the kids back in class. And others are saying we should go absolutely virtual. And it's not 70-30, um, it's, it's dead in the middle. It's like 50-50. And as a union, the one thing that we want to do is make sure that we represent our teachers and we advocate for our teaching. And so I think everyone can agree, though, that health and safety has to be paramount. And right. so from that, that's the perspective of what we're advocating for. And I think that that's what parents, students, and our teachers all support, is that let's make sure that we get it right. Thank you, Corey. And, and speaking of uh, safety, have you been hearing anything about PPE for the teachers? So it was interesting to see in the principal's testimony yesterday. The comment was, is, no, we don't have enough. Uh, even though the department may have ordered it, that doesn't mean that there's not a backlog of it. And the second thing is, is that, you know, a lot of our teachers that work with special education students or work with younger students, you know, we need to be able to train them on how to use this properly. And that's something that's totally new for them. I mean, we, our teachers are not trained nurses. Um, that's not something that we've prepared for. So this is going to be a complete new learning environment. Mm. Okay. Seems like we're getting more questions than we're getting answers on this thing. It's, uh, it sounds like it's going to be kind of a, a, quite an undertaking for you guys to get it going here. Oh, Corey, believe it or not, we're almost out of time. So I just want to make sure if you had anything else you wanted to share, uh, anything you want to share with the parents who are listening right now, with the teachers who are listening right now uh, about this process and what's happening? The one thing is, is that we have to realize this is a community endeavor. If, if we passionately believe that, you know, we need to open up our schools, then the question is, what are we each taking the personal responsibility for? In countries that have opened it up, they've all considered it very, uh, a, almost a responsibility a patriotic duty to make sure that they're doing their part. And when people are not social distancing, they're not wearing their masks, you know, in Hawaii, a lot of people are doing it and that's why we've been successful. But we need more people. One breakout, I mean, I'll tell you, Eva Beach, you know, this is where I live, this is where my daughter goes to school. We have one of the highest rates in the entire state. And yet Campbell, which is the largest high school in the state, serves you know, all of Eva and Eva Beach. And so if people in the community are not doing the right thing and one kid goes to school and infects the other kids, then we close down the school. And that's the concern that we have. Um, so what I want to say is this is something that it's all of our kuleana, that we all must do this together. If we want our kids to go to school, then we've all got to take our individual responsibility and make sure that we can do that. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Once again, uh, very, very lucky to have uh, Corey Rosenley, who is the president of the HSTA, Hawaii State Teachers Association, uh, joining us today to talk about this opening of school, or hopefully not the opening of schools. 
uh, for just a little while while they kind of work out all of these uh, these different bugs that are happening here. Uh, and you were saying the board of uh, board of education is meeting today to sort of make a decision on this. Is that correct? It is today, and people can listen in to hear the debate. Uh, and I know people have signed up to already speak too. Yeah. So okay. if people want to check it out online, virtually. yeah, virtually, how do they do that? Uh, they can go to the board of education site, uh, and they can see uh, on that site. You can just go to the general meeting and you can find out information on how to log on virtually. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, once again, Corey Rosenlieb joining us from the HSTA for Kumu Kokua. Thank you very much, Corey. Okay. Thank you so much. It's Devin and Esme on the Rise and Drive on 94.7 Kumu.